Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast, is brought to you by the Friends in Recovery Community, a thriving network of individuals who are fighting back against the stigma of addiction. Join our hosts as they speak up about the real issues of addiction, treatment, and recovery. Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast, is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery. Welcome everybody to the Friends in Recovery Podcast with your with Jersey Ed, and I'm your host, Jersey Ed, along with my two co-hosts, Buckeye Bambi and Super Beth. What's up, Woo. ladies? And we have um, a special guest today, Lilo Brancato with... Uh, We'll get into that a little bit, what's why he's here and what he's doing here. And um, I just wanted to uh, see how you ladies are doing today, what's going on. I know this is a different time that we're recording and we have a, somewhat of a, a star here, not somewhat of a star. We have a, a we have star. a star here. <laughs> and uh, and thanks to my wife, Stacy. Um, she knows uh, Lilo um, very well and uh, she was able to uh, connect us. We're all connected through re- the recovery world. So Welcome to the show, Lilo. Um, I want to just get into a, a little business you. here. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us or send Lilo a message, you can send it to us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com. And also we have a hotline number if you want to give us a call. It's non-emergency hotline number if you're looking for treatment, um, if you're looking for Lilo's the latest movie or whatever it is. Uh, you can call 800-989-6504. All this stuff will be in the show notes. And also um, just visit our website at friendsandrecoverycommunity.org. Uh, I was going to say Friends and Recovery Podcast, but friendsandrecoverycommunity.org. And uh, you'll you'll see everything that we're doing over there. Um, and if you'd like to send each one of us an email, check the show notes below. I'm not going to go into all the email addresses, but check the show notes below and um, you know send us a, a, an, an individual email. Um, Lilo, we forgot to do this, but um, we all pick hearts. You can see all our hearts on our on our, our things here. So we have a contest every week to see who gets the most hearts. And Stacy's giving out hearts now on uh, on Facebook. But um, orange, what orange, color heart orange. would you like to have when when our fans give you hearts? Man, I guess we'll just go with a traditional red one. Red, all red right. heart. Okay, red. Okay, so guys, if you want to give Lilo hearts. It's red in the comments below. Beth, orange, Bambi, purple, and Jersey Ed is blue. Let's see those hearts, guys. Especially Bambi. You know, not Bambi. Let's let's keep Bambi out of this one. No way. Bambi always gets the hearts. No, we want Lilo to get all the hearts this week. Red hearts, everybody. Let's see the red hearts. I'm going to give Lilo hearts this week. I um, I, I'm never going to get hearts. Maybe if I feel sorry for myself, somebody will give me some pity hearts. Hey, you Jordan gave hearts you hearts. Week, Jordan yeah? didn't give you hearts. I'm, I'll hearts? have Jordan give you, you hearts. some hearts this week. <laughs> you did. You did. Check me. <laughs> guys, I'd like to thank all of our donors who made this show possible without you guys making the donations to the show. I would just be talking to myself and you wouldn't be hearing anything. So thank you for all the donations. If you'd like to make a donation, go to our website friendsandrecoverycommunity.org, click on the donate button, and it'll tell you how to donate on there. Um, and also, you can find out more about the FIRE Network on our website um, also. So if you're interested in being on the FIRE Network, um, check that out. And uh, it's all self-explanatory in there. This week's guest, again, is Lila Brancato. 
um, yes. of the legendary Broncado, fame, Brancato, Brancato. The reason why I'm having a hard time with his name is because my wife's um, maiden name is Brancaccio. So I want to say Brancaccio. <laughs> Very yeah, close. Yeah, it's it's right Chancho, Brancato, and Brancaccio. It's like too much too much Italian going on here. So yeah. I, have oh. Rob, I have a friend named Rob Brancati. Brancato and Brancati. <laughs> so it's a little, so I, I apologize on all that. But um, yeah, no Lilo, Lilo is uh, is of uh, the legendary fame of Bronx Tale, uh, The Sopranos, and his new movie Made in Mexico. But most important, why we have him on the show is because he's a person in long term recovery, and that's what connects us all here. So, Lilo, I'm gonna just one minute. We're gonna get into your story, find out what's going on in your life, and and where you've been, and all your experience, strength, and hopes. But uh, a couple of sober shout outs. I'd like to um, thank Carl from Sober Pod. Um, if anybody, uh, you guys are listening, listening, please listen to sober pod. They're on the left coast guys, just, just because they're, they're left. It's doesn't matter. You can go listen to them. Okay. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Beth God. is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Carl and Chelsea, we love you guys. Um, you know, you guys do a good job over there on sober pod, um, Bambi or, um, Beth or, uh, Lilo, anybody have shout outs? I have one shout out. Go ahead. My sponsee, Julie, is eight months today. Eight months. Julie, eight congratulations. Months. Big deal. You know what? I have a shout out for my friend, Paulie. Paulie Jankai. He's, uh, you know, he's always, you know, he's always around and he's always there for people that need him. Good. And he's the real deal. So a shout out right, to him. Paulie. All right, Paulie. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. Paulie. We need that. And we need people like that in this world when they're yeah, always there do. for us, you know. Thank yeah. you, Paulie. Thank you. Um, and don't forget like in the recovery in the recovery yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well yeah absolutely um and don't forget we have two um daily a meetings on zoom you can find them at friends and recovery community.org um and look for us on all of our social media under friends and recovery communities uh what else do we have oh it is time guys you know what time it is question Bambi. of the week question, question of the week Question of the week, guys. And uh, the question of the week this week is, which famous historical person would you want to spend the uh, spend a day with and why? Which famous historical person would you want to spend the day with and why? And Bambi, you cannot say Lilo. You cannot say Lilo, okay? <laughs> Even though he's famous, you can't say enough. Lilo. <laughs> um and uh, Lilo, we do these questions so the audience gets to know us a little bit better. So they kind of, you know, we just throw out oddball questions so they can kind of know who we are. They know we're in recovery, but, you know, there's more to life in recovery. I mean, we I live my life daily through recovery, but I also do other things. I have kids, I have this, I have that, you know, and same you thing run. with the rest of that's us. That's what you so. do. You run. Yeah, no, I run. Sure. I run like a fucking maniac. Yes, that's yep. what I do. Yeah, I do too. Oh, Seven do you really? All right. What, do, you do marathons or anything? No, I don't do that, but I'm on the treadmill. I could, I could, okay. I could get right. down. Yeah, so oh, good. Right. Welcome, welcome, really guys. Anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Welcome, guys, to the Lilo and Ed running show. Yeah, <laughs> no, really. They can talk running. <laughs> You'll do the whole show on the treadmill. <laughs> that's it. That's Come on, it. Bambi. Let's go get coffee. <laughs> no <laughs> that's doubt. It, that's it. <laughs> Lilo, uh, do you have anybody famous, histor uh, historical person you'd want to spend the day with, just to figure out how they tick? I guess historical person i don't know maybe bill clinton mm, okay. i'd like to sit down with bill clinton and maybe ask him some questions and ask him mm. why he did some of the things he did mm. maybe that's why 
I mean, okay. you know, like some of these, like historically, like going way, 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 way back. I can't really relate to that. Okay. Even though, like, we've read about them in history books and stuff like that. But Bill Clinton, it's like when he was doing his thing and he was mm -hmm. making his name, or you know, yeah. whatever in whatever way yeah. he did. But I was actually there. I was living and breathing, mm -hmm. and can almost remember, like you know, what I wore in those days. The Monica Lewinsky dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Because like, that guy's you. shady. Like, yeah, I'd like to sit down with him. Like, you know, that whole thing with uh, Epstein and, uh, you know, that you go there. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. See, so that's for our left coast people, okay? And I didn't say anything. I just said left coast people, okay? Uh -huh. <laughs> this show is not about politics at all at all nope. so <laughs> so lilo would spend his day with bill clinton to find out what makes him tick and what he did why he did what he did um bambi who would you spend the day with well you know i should say florence nightingale because i've been a nurse for my mm. whole life 36 years i should say her but that's not who i'm gonna say because that would just be too nice and that's not me i would spend my day with ted bundy Wow. I want to know. Dude. I'm obsessed with serial killers. You know, I've studied, <laughs> you know, I worked in the field of psych, abnormal psych, you know, for years and years. And I would want to know what makes what makes a serial okay. killer do what they do. I, okay. you know, maybe I could take that and use it to help people in the Why future. Not? Okay. Why I agree. not Charles Manson? Ooh. Well, because Ted Bundy was cuter. Oh, I mean, geez. if you got to pick a serial killer, you might as well spend the day with a cute one, right? <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> but see, Bundy, you know what the difference between Bundy and Dahmer? The difference between those guys? No. Dahmer, people? One, yeah, but one was a sociopath <laughs> oh. and one was a, one was a psychopath. Oh. Right? Like, Big Dahmer, yep. Dahmer, Dahmer was already wired nuts. He was okay. already that way. Correct. Great Bundy wasn't. Right. Bundy, his society... That's mm. what he, society. He was a socio. Society oh, made him like that. Got and it. after, like the Joker, the Joker's a textbook sociopath. Mm -hmm. He didn't wasn't born that way. He became that way, right? Because mm. of all the shit he went through, just oh. like Bundy. For many years, he thought his sister was his mother. Yes. No, he's yeah. What was his mother? Was his sister or something like that? Yeah, right. and they dressed him up in girls' clothes or something, right? Yeah, wasn't no, they, that like all? they made him like that? And then it was like <clears throat> he was trying to like better himself than where from than where from where he came from. Mm -hmm. And then he was going to like law school and all of that, mm -hmm. and he wanted to be accepted mm -hmm. by these like more educated people, a place where he was never before. Mm -hmm. He had that one girl. Do you remember? She left him. Mm -hmm. He yeah. was really that girl left him. He got her back just to leave her, oh, got geez. her back just to dump her. And then he went on a spring wow, right? wow. And, and did that to all those women. Wow. Right? Well, so. Lilo knows a little about Ted Bundy too. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is all amazing yeah, stuff. Netflix. Netflix got all <laughs> this stuff go. comes out. Netflix. We're going to do like January, February, March. What's going on? That's right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So thanks for that information, Lilo. So Ted Bundy um bill clinton beth who would you like to spend the day with i would do anything to spend the day with the um first queen elizabeth mm. wow okay she that's interesting turned, yeah dude she turned <clears throat> first of all the entire court wanted her dead right mm -hmm. your mom is uh you know anne boleyn she was put to death they cut her head off and mm you know, was the marriage ever real? And right. So she's walking into 
her job with everybody hating her. And she turned that country into the golden mm. age. Yeah. Elizabeth is is the uh, reason why um, England went into Great Britain, went into the golden age. And so to find out how she handled herself in all of these situations, years and years and years, putting off marriage, you know, running a country as a woman in the 16th century, like, oh, my God, she <laughs> is like epic in my head. Sorry. Okay. That's, all right. that's right. Queen Elizabeth. All right. Queen Elizabeth. We have Ted Bundy and Bill Clinton. So um, very interesting people, very pe people who I wouldn't even think of, right? Oh my God, that would be epic. <laughs> so I went with the the kind of, not the obvious, but I went with an inventor. I went with kind of my my hero, my idol um, is uh, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, I'm from Jersey, first of all. Jersey so boy. Thomas Edison, yeah. So he was, he invented so much shit. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't even believe the stuff he invented, right? I have a, I have an Edison player downstairs in my house. Um, You know, it, it's, Super it's, cool. it's completely different than, it's an old antique. It's completely different than, a, the, you know, the old 78s. He, he just invented stuff just to invent stuff. He he has so many patents, it's unbelievable. So, um, but they said he was also ruthless, but you know what, to be a businessman, I guess you have to be ruthless. Um, I mean, that's what business is about. You know, no, nothing personal, right? Is that to say it's all business, nothing personal. So, so Thomas Edison would be my, my choice. Um, and I think he's, you know, I think he did a lot for this world. We wouldn't be here with the lights wouldn't be on if we weren't, if it wasn't for Thomas Edison. So, so some interesting choices. Um, so that's it with the question of the week. Thank you guys for participating. And it's just a little goofy thing that we do here. And uh, we're not your average podcast, Lilo. So, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> now, now we bring Lilo in. <laughs> um, Lilo, um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time out of your, your busy day. I know you, you have a lot going on between you know, your movies and, and, you know, what you're doing for the recovery field, how you take care of yourself, the whole nine yards. So this, we really appreciate you coming on and, and doing this. For you. So, yeah, we appreciate it. So um, I don't know where you want to begin. You have a whole different, you have whole, a lot of stuff that go, went on in your life. Um, but the main thing is you're in recovery today. Um, you, you, you help people constantly. Um, it's just amazing where you are today versus where you were at years and years ago. Um, I know you probably did a thousand interviews like this. So we're going to leave it up to you. You direct us the way you want to go. I mean, you know, you have a whole bunch of stuff going on. So have at it. Yeah, well, obviously, you all know, <laughs> like you mentioned, I was in the Bronx Hill. That's how everything started. I was discovered on the beach back in July of 1992. Wow. Wow. I went to, you know, did that film and then went on to do a host of television shows and other films. And, uh, you know, this all happened at a very young age for me. I was, you know, barely 20 years old. It was like from mm. 16 to 20 old. This was going on, not having the experience, uh, even just the life experience. Forget about experience yeah. in the business and knowing how to navigate based on, you know, what opportunities I was given and how to parlay them. I didn't know any of that. Mm. So it was like a recipe for disaster. And then, you know, the opportunity, you know, to use drugs presented itself at a young age mm. because in that business and, you know, that lifestyle, it's everywhere. So once again, the lack of experience came into play and, and I didn't know my parents were, you know, off the boat Italian. So it's not like mm. they were ever, they never, you know, they, it's not like they ever spoke to me about, you know, don't do drugs. Yeah. They don't even know what drugs, they don't even know what drugs are, my parents. 
you know, it's like red wine. And it's like, you know, forget about it. They see marijuana. It's like the other, like, <laughs> oh my God. So you, you know weren't I mean? even, you weren't, you didn't come from an acting family. You didn't come, no. you didn't, you didn't go to acting school from no. nine months old. No, no well, I was adopted when I was four months old. I'm South okay. American. I was born in Bogota, Colombia. Oh, wow. Okay. But I was adopted when I was four months old. My brother Vincent and I, he's their biological son. Okay. Him and I are nine months apart because they didn't think they could have kids. Then they adopted mm. me and then found out they were pregnant with my wow. brother. Wow. Wow. That's so no, my parents are old school off the boat. Okay. My dad okay. passed away, as I mentioned before. Yep. But, uh, you know, so then I went to do these films and then I, you know, like, I always liked excitement. I remember I saw a psychiatrist when I was a kid because I was bad in school. And he told me, because I went to see him many years later after doing all these films and stuff. My mom said, because, you know, once she noticed I had a little bit of a drug problem, she noticed, she said, well, maybe you should go see Dr. Lupiani. You know, maybe you should go see him and see what he says. He knew you before you did drugs. And he, because, you know, he did say a lot of things that made sense. He did say, you would be good in the dramatic arts. Mm. He did say you would be a good actor. Okay. And he always said that. But he, when I went back many years later, he said, you always had that need for speed. Mm -hmm. He said, I could tell with your personality that you would eventually one day get addicted to something. And I thought it would be possibly drugs. Cause you know, my mom, my brother, my parents always attributed my, you know, my drug abuse and all that to being adopted. I don't give mm. a shit about that. It's not like I'm, I was adopted by some abusive family mm -hmm. or who like, you know what I mean? And you know, I'm like, no, I was treated well. I was given a great mm -hmm. life. So that kind yeah. of stuff, that doesn't bother me. If anything, I count my lucky stars. Like, thank God that I was you know adopted by such a great family. Because you hear so many of these horror stories mm -hmm. with these other kids, you know what I mean? Especially like foster. Oh my God! Like I've mm -hmm. seen what they do to some of these foster kids. Oh yeah, yeah. So you had none of that in your life. You had none of the Nothing got tied, got chained to the radiator by your parents. You didn't live on crackers and water for eight months, and you were no, never okay. All. all right, yeah. So no. there it is. It's a disease. I I am a firm believer that this is a disease that it's passed along the generations. I I am. I mean, I, I really you mean am. addiction. Addiction, yeah. Diseases for me is a strong word. Okay. I think it's like more of a disorder, like some okay. kind of some kind of spiritual disorder. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a disease because like I look at fourth stage pancreatic cancer. That's a mm -hmm. disease. Of course. You give yeah. somebody right now that has that, they'll trade us for our disease in one second. Trust me. You're right. You're right. Yeah. A normal I, man right. has a thousand wishes, but a sick man only has one. I don't mm. know. Like, mm. I don't, you know, like, I know this is arrogant of me to say, but I don't think I'll ever go back to drugs. I really don't. Okay. I don't go to meetings or anything like that. It's just something that his, that obsession has just been lifted. Mm -hmm. It's like now I'm addicted to working out. So it's like I found the home for the spiritual, the spiritual disorder that I have mm -hmm. because it's not normal. But if it's channeled the right way, you can make it work for yourself. Mm -hmm. But that's why when I hear the word disease, I don't think okay. so. It's so spiritual. So so way back it's when you were spiritual, and it's a personality trait. Okay. It's what your personality is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you have that personality type, it manifests in you doing things to the extreme. Mm -hmm. But a disease, I don't know. Okay, diabetes right. is a disease. Yeah. You know, like. It's a strong word for me, okay. but if that's, no, listen, I, I know you're in recovery and I know that, you know, you've been doing well. And if that works for you, by yeah. all means, I'm of just course. saying my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that 
What I and, and every reco everybody's recovery looks different, and and I I respect that one hundred percent. Um, I like what you said. It, it, it's a sp it, you were spiritually sick when you were using, basically, and I I understand that spiritually sick. So t talk to us about that part of your life, that spiritual sickness where you were, because I definitely want to get into where you are now, what what you're doing now, but but um, that spiritual sickness it led you to bad places yeah i mean you know i was doing cocaine first like it's you know it starts with the marijuana well first the alcohol because i don't believe that marijuana is a gateway i think I you know because i'm you know like at, at more life recovery you know the the clients they're allowed you know to smoke medicinal marijuana and all okay. that and it's like i think if it's used the right way i think it could really work okay. it could really work Okay. Because a lot of times, you know, like, because if it's not that, then what is it? Like mm -hmm. all these psych meds and all this other stuff. I don't know how safe that stuff is. I think if it's just marijuana, like, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't do it myself, mm -hmm. but I remember from doing it, just like the way it would make me focus when I would like have an audition and I would read a script. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Okay. Because it kind of makes you focus so much and really think about everything and analyze what's on the page, analyze what's going on in your life. And mm -hmm. most importantly, and most importantly, analyze the consequences. Mm -hmm. It gives you the, it gives you, it gives you the consequential thinking mm -hmm. that I think alone, maybe someone who is wired like an addict mm -hmm. lacks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's just more impulsive behavior yeah, yeah. where there's no thinking about consequences. Alcohol, forget it. That's oh, the yeah. real gateway. That shouldn't even be legal. People oh, yeah. don't talk about this and that. Alcohol shouldn't even be legal. Amen. It's such a bad drug. I've seen yep. people come off alcohol. It's worse than heroin. It's worse than anything. I've seen it ruin. My grandfather was an alcoholic. It's bad. You know what I mean? That yeah. stuff, if I had a drop of that right now, I would smoke crack tonight. Mm -hmm. But I'm convinced if I smoked weed, I'd probably eat a whole pie of pizza and sleep <laughs> till two o'clock. Should I do that without smoking pots? So. And wake up and still look, for the, man. look for the crust. <laughs> you know? Oh, my you God. So, so in your addiction, um, you know, we, you smoked, you crack, crack was a big pie scene on your documentary that crack you, you, I remember you walking past the car in the, in the, in the Yonkers and you said something about this is exactly where I picked up the right, first crack right. pipe and, and you went what a year or two years every day smoking crack. No, not even, no, no. That was, that was the summer. That was June of 2005. Okay. I got arrested December 10th, 2005. Oh, wow. So it was that, that, that day to that day. Oh, shit. Thousands. I would say <clears throat> thousands. Anywhere from like, you know, fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of crack in wow. those months. And I also had a 20 bag a day heroin habit. Oh, shit. At least. So I was spending, you know, I remember I blew 14000 in like two weeks. So I was going crazy. So it was like that day. I got arrested for having a broken taillight, but they seen the, the kid selling the heroin in my car. Mm -hmm. They locked me up June 10th, 2005. Okay. And I have four bags of heroin. It was a stamp, high speed. I had them in my cigarette box. I tried to hide them. I could have hit them in my waist, but it was hot out and I didn't want it to cake up. Uh, That's how you know what I mean? Because I, then I can't <laughs> snort it. 
Yeah. If I was shooting it, I wouldn't give a shit. I'd just mm-hmm. put it on a spoon and shoot it. Mm-hmm. But because I snorted it, I didn't want it to cake up. So I put it in the in the back of the cigarette, not inside the pack. In the, it was like Goodfellas. Then when the guy tastes <laughs> the stuff, he goes like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he looks. It was just like that. Dude, they had me outside the car. Another car comes. Oh, right? my God. Yo, I had, I had, I had, a, I, I, I had the Lincoln Aviator. There was three. There was three rows of seats. Mm-hmm. There, you got one guy's all the way in the back. Another guy's in the middle. It was in the middle console. Oh, I remember the guy goes. He goes, "Hey, he goes, he goes, hey, Joe." And then he pulls it up like, "Here it oh, is." <laughs> it was just like Goodfellas. I'm on the floor. I'm like, oh, not because I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> not because I'm going to get arrested because I can't get you high. Found your shit. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm sick as a dog already, and I want to get high. I don't care that I'm because this is not. That I'm not going to get. This is not. I'm not getting arrested. This is a joke. Yeah. This yeah. is. I'll be out in you know half yeah. hour. This yeah, is of course. Drug, this is drug program stuff. Yeah. The yeah. only thing is I got to hear my parents and it might be harder to get my next five bags. Yeah. I got to hear yeah. their shit for an hour or two, but then I'm yeah. going back out anyway. Yeah, exactly. so it wasn't even like that. But uh, yeah, so from, you know, like it was like from that time to that time. But so I got arrested for that, obviously. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm going to court and, you know, like I'm going back and forth to court. And I see this one guy. He was a, he was the detective. His name is Frankie. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. He had the long hair, like you know, like the Steven Seagal, like you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. that's what he had, right? So he was there with like another Yonkers detective. I had my ex girlfriend. It was the guy who's you know the guy whose daughter, the guy who shot the cop. His daughter. Okay. Her. Okay. She came to court with me. We're leaving, and this is summer of '05. So I see these these guys, and the guy was like, "Hey, how you doing?" He goes, "Hey, I'm so and so. I'm detective so and so." And you know, what's going on? What did I tell him my situation? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, oh, you know what? He goes, maybe I could help you out with that. He goes, uh, and I was like, really? You know, he said, yeah, yeah, why don't you? He goes, take my number, call me. He goes, you come and meet me. He goes, I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And then I told him, like, yo, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not someone who's going to tell. Like, I don't, you know, like, I'm, yeah, yeah. I went oh, to he's trial. looking. Yeah. yeah, I went to cop trial on a cop murder. You yeah, think yeah. I'm going to tell for a fucking three bags of things? <laughs> Fuck out of here. Excuse my language, right? Sorry. So I'm like, you know, but if you could help me out, like, I don't, but like, you know, he's like, yeah, just, he goes, just come meet me, right? Just come yeah. meet me. I don't want to mention his name because he could get in trouble for this, right? You're going to laugh when you hear what I'm okay. about. Okay. Right? So this guy, he's got me meet me at this park near my house, Wealthy Field. And I feel like a rat because I'm going to meet a detective, but I know I'm not. But I do want to get off this case, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Let me, I said, let me find out what it is. Explore it a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm looking around. Holy shit. Anybody see me, right? So I'm going and he has an explorer. I got that. He's got an, because, you know, the aviator and the explorer look the same. Mm-hmm. It was just a little more dressed up. He had an older explorer and idea. So I pull up. He's already there, right? So he said to me, he said, do you want to get in my car or should I get in yours? I said, no, 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 you get in mine. Because I didn't know if he got recordings. Got yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what he's got in there. Right? No, 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 you get in mine. I said, right. <laughs> so when he comes in my car, he brings like this manila envelope, right? So like, and I'm like, this is like, what's this guy? What is this? I'm like, sign a cooperation agreement? It's like, it's <laughs> like movie right? stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, so he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, he goes, so he goes, you want? He goes, trust me, it's going to blow your mind. You ready? You ready? I'm like, yeah, what is it? He pulls out his headshot and his resume. No way. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> He's got his headshot and his resume out. 
You got to see when all his hair, he's got the long hair, all different pictures of all these outfits. Oh, no. And I'm like, yeah, let me see what I can do. But can you help me with the case? That's all I care about. Oh, my God. But, uh, you know, but uh, so, yeah, that. All right. So now this is how it all started. I don't I was thinking, why the fuck did I bring that up? I was going to get cigarettes right after that. Usually mm -hmm. I get cigarettes a little further down the street. Okay. But because I was there, I went to a place that was closer. Okay. That changed my life. That changed my life. When I go there, that was the street where you saw the documentary mm -hmm. with the crack. Yeah. I parked. As I'm walking across the street to the store, these two kids were like in a Ford Thunderbird. You know where you got to push the seat up for the guy to get in the back? It was one of those, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was this kid, Bobby Coker, and this kid, Ponch. You look him up. Look at about that thing when the guy went smashing through the laundromat. I think oh, he yeah, hit yeah, yeah, kid. yeah. In Yonkers, that's Ponch. Okay. That's Ponch. Okay. Oh, my him. God. It was Bobby Coker and Ponch. I didn't know these guys. They were like white trashy dudes from like another neighborhood. But I'm not trying to talk like, you know, no, but they knew me. They knew who I was because I was in the movie and I'm from Yonkers. Yeah. yeah so they knew yeah. who I was, right? So the kid says, he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, yeah, Lilo's a good dude, man. He goes, he never forgot where he came from. He said it loud so I could hear. Mm -hmm. And I looked down. I was like, yeah, thanks, bro. He was like, yo, what's up, bro? And as I got closer to the car, <laughs> He was like, what's going on? And I was like, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking down the car. I was like, yo, what's going on, bro? You like, they have recognizable faces. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like, hey, how's Joe doing? It wasn't yeah, like, that. Yeah. hey, what's up? So he's got a crack pipe under, in between his legs underneath. So he goes like this. He pulls it out, and he pulls it out, but he never pulls it up here so okay. someone there could see it. He has it down here. And he looks at it, and he looks at me, and he goes, you interested? Just like that. You mm -hmm. interested? I said, and, and like, I had no idea this was going to happen. It's like, fuck, why did this have to happen? Mm -hmm. like, I didn't even go to the gym yet. You mm -hmm. know, I had some shit to do, some important stuff to do. Mm -hmm. But there was no way I was saying no, right? So I said, because, uh, you know, you, you always think you could do a little, and then maybe you'll be all right. And then yeah, you know, yeah. Just... yeah. So that's what I did. I, got, I was like, yeah, all right. He goes, get in the car. So he opens the seat and get in the car. That my friend Aruba, Jimmy, he died. I was away in prison when he died, but he was older than me. He was like 10 years old and he smoked crack. And he always said, it's one day it's going to get you. Mm. You keep messing with this pipe and one day you're not going to be able to stop. Mm. And that was that day. Wow. We took a ride around the block. And I remember there was a lot of resin in the pipe. So I said, don't worry about it. I'll just smoke the resin. And he goes, no, no, no. He said, if you do it, you do it the right way. Mm. So he gave me a nice rock because he wanted oh, me to turn me on because he knew oh, yeah. I had money. So he yeah. figures maybe then these guys. So now I took that hit and that was it. I was uh, totally addicted to crack, totally uh, addicted to it. I couldn't believe how that one hit, it just changed my life. That's all I thought about. Uh, like, like before that, it was like I do it. Maybe I get like myself a few and yeah. then just get a room and just party by myself yeah, yeah, yeah. by myself but then it's like it's over you know you drink some beer or whatever you know you take some you know some pills or whatever and you go to sleep but then you don't think about it and then you're like you know they're not knowing you know what maybe i should get a room this week and you know but after that it was all it was, was life-changing thought was consumed with that yeah, yeah.
and I needed the heroin. The crack I wanted, the heroin I needed. You needed, yeah, yeah. So now does that does that have a big impact? And ladies, jump in here anytime. Any questions you guys have? Um, does that have a big impact on what comes next? Is that you know, if you, I don't know if you want to go into it, but you can, you can't um, just touch on well, yeah, it. Yeah, that then... was the downward. The, this fall of 2005 was the downward spiral. Okay. My ex-girlfriend at the time, her name was Stephanie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, you know, I was, the relationship was going down the drain. Um, she was going to school. She wanted to be a doctor. So she was like really studying hard. And here I am living with her, smoking crack and bringing people over, the, you know, like crazy shit. And she yeah. didn't need that in her life. But at that time, I didn't understand that, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, when you're like that, you're, yeah. you know, you're very selfish. You know, yeah. it's all about us. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't understand that. So eventually she left me. Uh, I moved back home. And this is like when I was like, you know, heartbroken. So it like it went hand in hand because when that happened, I was so sad and heartbroken that I used mm. to smoke crack. I used to literally wait in front of her house, uh, like wait for her to come out to school. I'd be up for three days smoking crack in the car. Mm-hmm. And like not even be able to talk and like Joe going <laughs> chewing your chewing your teeth off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Asking her for another chance. Yeah. <laughs> Following into her car with my jaw going like, Please, stop. like yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, so it's like then you know, like then the whole thing would happen. And it's like that's why when people say like they make me out to be this cop killer. This girl didn't want to be with me anymore. Like, you know, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't deal with the reality of that. Mm-hmm. So I got really bad with the drugs and mm-hmm. I only befriended her dad because either her or her sister would call the cops every time I went there. I had my freaking car impounded. It was just, it was becoming too expensive to love this girl. You know, every time I go there, I gotta go, now I gotta get my car out of the thing. I had some bags of dope in there. there. They're gone too. I'd be like, yo, just give me the dope. You could have the car. I'll tell them. I'll worry about that later. I'll tell I tell to my father. I know exactly what to say to him. He won't get mad, I promise. I'll get my you car know? back. Yeah, but just let me get there. Go into the thing that's over. So so then I was like, you know what? I need to find a loophole. So now I start hanging out with this guy. I start hanging out with this guy. The only time I would hang out with him, I go pick him up at the bar in Yonkers, Murphy's Law. Mm-hmm. And he would he would hit me on the next town. Wow! He would say, he would say, you going south? He would ask me, are you going south to the Bronx? Okay. And I would say, yes, I'm going south. And then I would pick him up. We'd go get heroin. Yep. And then I'd drop him off. But that was the extent of our friendship. People think like we were like, you know, arch criminals together. Mm-hmm. Like Starchky yep. and Hutch. No, we weren't like that. Yeah. We were, we would, we, this was my girlfriend's father. He was my last attempt. Mm-hmm. And trying to get back with this girl, he's back. all okay. I had. Yeah, you know, and because I was so blinded by the love I had for her, mm-hmm. I didn't realize which direction this guy was taking me. Well, plus the drugs and all like that stuff. I don't blame him though. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be a victim and say he. It's yeah. like it's not his problem. You know, like he's already he was already set in his own ways and the way he was. Mm-hmm. He couldn't be good for himself. It's not going to like he's going to be good. Yeah. He knew he was good to me in the way he knew how to be good to someone. Yeah. And that's the a, most he was a partying friend. You know? You know? <clears throat> so then, you know, the fateful night of December 10th, 2005, we were going to hang out. I was going to go to sleep. He calls me on the next tell. I was just about to fall asleep. <laughs> I had just gotten dope. My legs were hurting, but everything, oh, like just drip. And all the pain in my legs was going away, my stomach, everything. I was like, wow, my bed was so warm because I was so sick before that. And now I did that. 
And I'm just in my bed. I'm about to go to sleep. And then I hear the phone. Mm. And then he said, do you want to get a drink? This is the first time he ever called me to hang out after hours. It was always during the day stuff. I'd go pick okay. him up at Murphy's. You know, we'd get some dope. I'd go in the bar, hang out with him for a few drinks. Nothing ever, you know. He calls me December 9th into December 10th. So mm -hmm. it was like, you know. So I said, yeah, give me an hour. I go pick him up. First, we go get crack in Yonkers on Ashburton. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was started smoking that too. And I got to take responsibility for that because he, I was smoking it. Mm -hmm. He hadn't smoked it since the 80s. He was a heroin addict and an alcoholic. Okay. He hadn't smoked crack since the 80s. But then one day I had it in the car. And he goes, let me see that thing. And that, that was it. <laughs> that was it was that. off and running. <clears throat> I woke a dormant beast that had been oh. sleeping since the mid 80s. Ugh. You know what I'm saying? So I take a lot of responsibility for this. I'm not saying I'm some innocent kid. No, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we're in that respect. But that doesn't mean, because we smoke crack and do heroin, doesn't mean that, you know, we're capable of doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe not me, you know. Uh, so I go pick them up. We go out. We get crack. And then we go to a, we go to a strip club in the Bronx. My friend John used to run the place. Um, and when we went in, John saw us. He was past the metal detector, but we could see him. He's all the way on the other side. So when he seen us, he motioned with his hand to one of the bouncers. Have them go around. Don't let them go through the metal detector. Have them go around. They're friends of the club. But mm -hmm. he didn't know because they mm -hmm. tried to bring him in as a witness saying he knew about the gun too. Oh, that's why he's telling you to go around. So uh... go off. But there's no way. And then they realized that's impossible. So they yeah. didn't even bring him in as a witness. But we go in there. We have some drinks. But then we were sick. We had some crack. We smoked, but we didn't have much dope. So now we got to go back down to the Bronx. And I knew a house, oh, a, Vietnam, a Vietnam veteran who lived next door to my ex, ex-girlfriend, the little kid from the Bronx tale who played me at nine years old. Okay. His sister was my first love. This guy, we went to his house, lived next door to that house. I knew this guy since I was a kid. He was a Vietnam veteran. He would give us Xanax and pills when we were kids. Mm. Okay. So now I hadn't seen this guy in all these years, but I figured I'm desperate right now. I know he mm. always had Tylenol with codeine. We couldn't get any more heroin. Mm -hmm. So I figured if I went there, maybe I'll have him throw me like 20 of those. They're mm -hmm. not that strong, but if you take 20, you'll You're be good. all right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you won't be sick. Maybe I won't yeah. be high, but I won't be sick. Yeah. My legs will go away and I'll be able to sleep. You'll, you'll get through. You'll get through it. Through it, and then when the guy gets more, I'll, yeah. I'll go get it. But I you just get the good get shit. From, yeah, yeah. I need to get from there to there. It was just like a little buffer, you know, like. So we go there. Yeah, I broke the window, but that's still that's not a burglary. It's a destruction of private property. Mm -hmm. I was not going there to rob this guy. Mm -hmm. I was a sloppy drug addict, desperate mm -hmm. to get drugs. Mm -hmm. Not a burglar. Burglars don't mm -hmm. make all that noise. Burglars don't. Burglars carry tools. Burglars don't. Don't scream the guy's name. Can they? You have witnesses. Heard me scream his name. Okay, so I was like gonna abort the mission. I'm walking away, and then I hear "Don't move!" Boom, boom! I started getting shot. Oh shit! Yeah, because he was coming out from the basement apartment, and that basement apartment, I used to wash the do laundry with my ex girlfriend. Oh jeez! Can you imagine? He lived in the apartment oh. downstairs from my first love. And that's where we used to go down and do the laundry. Oh, Can you imagine? Not God. even the best writer in Hollywood. No. Could ever come up with that. <laughs> no. Like six years, this many years from now, 
an off-duty New York City police officer is going to live in this apartment. Mm. And you're going to come there because you're going to be on drugs by this point. Mm -hmm. And this guy used to give you, and this guy's going to, bro, who the hell? But that's basically what it was. So Jesus. when he said that, don't move, I turned around, he shot me. And then I was just like, couldn't believe I was shot. I'm like holding on to my gut. I'm walking Jeez. away, leaking blood. And as I'm walking away, I heard additional gunfire. I didn't know, listen, I didn't know the guy that I was mm -hmm. with had a gun. I did this, well, Bill, you didn't know, you didn't know. I've never hung yeah. out with people who carried guns. Why, if the DA was so adamant about that, I knew. Obviously, at 30 years old, I would have established some sort of pattern by then mm -hmm. yeah, to have yeah. hung around with people like that. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. wasn't my thing. Yeah. My brother a... loves guns. He goes hunting. Yeah. I don't even know how to hold a gun. You were you just a mean? junkie looking for dope. That's all it was. I... Yeah. But, you know, the, the, you know the, the tabloids, you know, they just made it. You know, they really hurt me. But, you know, like, yes, I understand the yeah. cop is dead, but yeah. the person who did it is away. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why I still continuously mm -hmm. need to get attacked for it. People still call me cop. Because killers. good news doesn't sell, uh, Lilo. You know that. Good news no, doesn't no, I know sell. That. No, Seriously, I know. you know. So so now you're in jail. You did time. Um, I know you talk about your, you know, I know you talk about that that night, that fateful night. And, and that's, that's you know, that's part of your story. I want to know what, like, today, like what, what we were talking about earlier. What, you're giving back. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're you're trying to change whatever you you know change whatever change you can bring to this world. Absolutely, that's what I want to know. That's the good stuff. Just to Sorry, go back that's, one that's second, you know, thing. I yeah, did yeah, go yeah. to trial. I got charged with murder, burglary, all of that. Oh yeah, yeah. I did. I did go to trial, and I beat murder charges. I beat okay. burglary charges. I was only found guilty of an attempted burglary. So when I saw that, I said, wow, God really does love me. Mm. And he didn't spare me my life and everything else for me to come out of this place and still do the to things fuck I was it doing. all up again. Yeah, he did yeah. this for a very important reason. Mm. He did this for me to use what I have and what I've been through mm -hmm. to come back and be one of his soldiers mm -hmm. and say, now you come and help me. You come and work for me. I can't do this. It's like Santa. That's why he has his elves. Mm -hmm. He can't do it all. And nope. that's why I need people like you. I seen what you got through. You're a strong guy. You did it. Now I want you to teach other people how to mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. This is why I kept you alive. Yeah. Because you know you got a lot of people. They die, man. They yeah. die and they, like they yeah. go away forever. Well, shit, all like, the drugs you've been you were doing, you should have died there, right? I mean, that's I mean, number yeah, one. Yeah, so many. I jumped out of a car going sixty miles an hour <laughs> Jesus one night. Christ, from <laughs> cocaine psychosis because I was paranoid. I thought you know when you get that oh, psychosis. Oh my god. You think your they, mom will kill you. You think your yeah, mom's going to kill you. Yeah. So I jumped out of the car, so that's how the pain pills started. Okay. That was never an issue. Then that started because of this. Yeah. Yeah. So then but you I get shot three it. times. Yeah. You, you you know you get you get your your trial. You you get acquitted of everything, and you you go to jail. Well, except um, for attempted burglary, they gave me ten attempted years. Burglary, yeah. Ten yeah. years for that, though. Okay. okay. Ten years for that. Well, and I already had three in, so I went upstate and did five. Okay. I got my GED and then I went to college, not mm. through the facility. I enrolled on my own. Wow. Okay. Because they don't offer that. And I did okay. earn uh, an associate's degree. I, I got a six month time cut. I left six months early. Okay. And then when I came home, uh, you know, I was just so happy to be back, but it wasn't mm. easy. You know, it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. It's not like I was like some war hero who just came back <laughs> from a war. You know, it's like, you know, whatever. I wasn't, I, I was by far a hero. Mm -hmm. And by no means a hero. Oh, yeah. And trust me, a lot of people hated me and hated the fact that I was home.
Mm-hmm. But you know what? What am I going to do? Sit and scream and yell and argue yeah. with these people? Yeah. No. The only way to try to like get them to like maybe some way, maybe even come, you know, come to your side and get on your side. It's just be the best person you can yes. be yes. and show yeah. people that you're really grateful of yeah. the second chance. Exactly. That you yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm not yeah. perfect. Well, people, oh yeah, no. you say this in your video and you do this. I'm like, bro, sometimes I need these videos more than you. I need <laughs> these true. videos more than you. I say them because I need to speak to them because now I'm yeah. held to a higher standard. I know. I'm the guy who said it. So yeah. now I have to live by this. I get that. Yeah. This is, it's I a strategy. That. It's not that yeah. I some freaking preach and die. Hello, my children. <laughs> we gather here today for the message that I want to give you all. No, it's not like that. <clears throat> I need it. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I still struggle mm-hmm. with things. And of course. Stuff of course. just seems like it never goes away. Yeah. But yeah. we do the best we can. We do yeah. the best we can. Yeah. Well, we all, we all struggle. You know, we all have, we all have problems. We, you know, g- you know, I always, what's the old saying? Uh, um, God only gives you what you can handle, right? No, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I believe that God gives you what he gives you. And then he puts the people in your life, your life to handle what he gave you or what was given to you. And because I don't do this, I don't do this by myself, right? I First of all, I don't do this show by myself. I don't do recovery by myself. I have brothers and sisters all over the world. If I go to Mexico, if I go to Canada, if I go to Germany, there's a brother or sister in this in this community that I can talk to and I can be part of if I if I'm struggling. And and that's how you have to look at it. You know, you have to come out in, in this world and and just be, you know, help people. And that's what you're doing now. And and you know what? My wife Stacy tell, tells me a lot about you, what you're doing. Um, you know, and and as the story's going through, and and you know, we've seen the um your your uh your your kind of your story on tv and then you know movies you're in but you're a human being you're you're obviously you're famous because you've you've been in movies um and people don't like you because of the things that happen in your life that's you know but you're a human being doing things for other human beings so they don't go down that path they don't get screwed up and i you know your past is your past right it is what it is and you can't change it what can we do to make the world better today? Right today, right. we can't. Right. I can't. You can't go back in the past and bring anybody back. I yeah, think that's shit the in the problem. past. That's the yeah. problem. You know. That's why yeah. when these people come out of the woodwork and they want to try and insult me and stuff like that, it's like, how much better are they? Mm-hmm. When you see a guy trying to actually do the right thing, mm-hmm. if I came out and I'm still, you know, you reading about me in the paper, DWI or you know, possession, yeah. Yeah. and you're like, you know what, this guy's an asshole, bro. This yeah. guy's a loser. They yeah. should have left him where he was. Yeah. Then you can say that. Yeah. But the fact that I've been home, I've been home almost 10 years. Yeah. I pass parole, flying colors. Yeah. I even I even sometimes get together with some of the people that some of the supervisors and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's how well I did on yeah. parole. Yeah. I was yeah. a good example for other parolees, mm-hmm. good example for other addicts. Listen, like I said, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not perfect. Yeah. But no. I'm trying. I'm trying yeah. to be a better person. When I hear yeah. these people, they're just so ridiculous to me. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I hate them. I really do. Because it's like, why would you come at something like? Yeah. A normal, well-adjusted person doesn't just lash out at someone. No, no, no. A normal, well-adjusted person does not just lash out at someone. No. Because it's something that happened to someone that they don't know almost twenty years ago. 
A normal, well-adjusted person does not lash out at someone for no reason. Yeah. Well, There's something the, going on with them. Yeah, They're deflecting exactly. whatever's going on with them on you. Over, over to whoever, yeah. And and you know what? And, and you just have to, you know, I, I only knew about you because of the newspapers. And that's one view. That's it. That was one view. It wasn't your view. It wasn't anybody else's view. I got to know you through Stacy. I got to understand your story through Stacy. I got to understand all that. And again, like I said, you're a human being, you know, you're, you're a human being and you're not trying Lilo, you're doing, okay. You're, you are doing out there and thank you. Thank you for, for changing the world a little bit. So, so there aren't incidences like that in the future. You know what I mean? And, and that's what we're trying to save is the future. We can't change the past, but we can change the fucking future. And that's what you're doing. You're working for, I don't know if you're working for a treatment center or whatever you're doing, um, you know, you're helping people there. Yeah, more you're, life recovery. Okay, more life recovery you're working. They're in Metuchen, New Barone. Jersey, right? In the, yeah, Metuchen, New yeah. Jersey, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly where they're at, yeah. Stevie Barone, Kenny Shaz, Joey yeah. Coyle, that's okay. their place. Um, really, really good guys. And, uh, you know, I have to be, you know, like, for me, doing that, I get much more out of that than mm -hmm. going to meetings. Meetings for me, I just don't get any. It's, okay. it's too culty. Yeah. It's like, that's okay. You know, like sometimes I see some of these people, I don't even know if they're on drugs. I think they go there just to talk, to hear themselves talk. A lot <laughs> some of them. I'm telling you, I'm not like, and I hear someone like, bro, you weren't even on drugs. Yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah. You're taking credit for something that people die over. Yeah. You know, yeah it's like, yeah. you know, but if it works, but for exactly. Me, I, don't, exactly. I, I don't like the meetings. I just, they're very judgmental. Okay. That's I, okay. I don't get much out of it. But yeah. being at, you know, doing, being at more life and doing groups. Putting and hands like on. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's the um, way, you know. Would you mind the ladies? I know the ladies are, I mean, I know you and I took, the, we have that, that energy between us and we're all, you know, <laughs> I want sure. the ladies, I know the ladies have been dying to ask you a couple of questions. We're going to have to wrap up here in a couple of minutes, but sure. um, I know Bambi had a couple of questions and Beth, I know I can see it. I, I know Beth, it's in her eyes that she's waiting to ask questions. So, um, Bambi, go ahead. What what questions did you have for? I, know well, you I just uh, want to know, like, what what kind of um, groups and things do you do with the mm. with the people there? What kind of um, you know um, things do you you know impart your wisdom and your life experience on with them? Well, usually, you know, I mean, then some days we'll just go around the room, just see how everyone's doing, and then the whole group will take on a life of its own. Sure. Um, they have a you know they have a certain curriculum. But it's so hard to go by that because the curriculum builds and it's like there's such this, you know, the turnover. You'll you'll see some people and then you never see them again. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's every week is different. Like last week was why do uh, people gravitate towards conspiracy theories during a time of crisis? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's because of the uncertainty. And, you know, that uncertainty, it, 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 it scares people. And I think when they can take a stance in whatever way it is and have other people that they're part of, like a group that they're part of, mm -hmm. I think it kind of offsets some of that uncertainty and mm -hmm. just makes you feel a little safer because yeah. you have that theory or whatever it is with your own group that believe the same thing. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And tomorrow's, and, yeah, and, and that's tomorrow's true. group's going to be about, are you good enough? Are you good enough? Are you good enough? <laughs> and, so, and speaking of, are you good enough, Beth? Are you good enough to ask him a question? <laughs> I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. <laughs> um, I'd really love to just really, I know that you have to wrap up real soon, um, but I would love to hear about, it sounds like you stopped using <clears throat> while you were incarcerated. 
Um, so, I mean, just what did that look like for you? And what brought you to that place that you could see a light at the end of the tunnel? And, you know, well, it, was, it sounds like you did amazing <clears throat> things while incarcerated for yourself. So, like, how did you get there? Well, you know, in Rikers Island, New York City jail, I was there for three years fighting my case because obviously oh, I had the co-defendant. So the mm -hmm. wheel of justice, wheels of justice do turn very slow. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, I was getting high in there. I was getting heroin in there. Oh, shit. Um, you know, you got guys smoking crack in Rikers. You know where they smoke the crack out of? They smoke out of a chicken bone. When we get to, yeah, it's oh, like, you know, like, but yeah. I was getting heroin in there. So, and I was getting morphine too. I was getting MS Contin. I was oh, getting uh, 30 milligram MS Contins because those were guys in wheelchairs. They were actually getting it. Mm. And then the heroin was coming in. The mailman was bringing it in. He got in trouble. It was on the news and everything. Oh, you could look it up. He's, he was on the news and everything in 2008 and uh on november 12 2006 i overdosed in my cell because i took 30 morphine pills at church and then i got heroin too i was like oh my god so some days you can't find anything and now everybody like the whole and just my <laughs> such my addictive personality and the addict in me i had four bags in my cell and i should have just left them alone and waited to the next day but i just like it was calling me and i did them and then i overdosed and I still continue Jesus. to do more. I got locked. I was in the hospital. I was I was out dead. Now you got New York. My my cell was was taped off like a crime scene. Holy they shit. were like interrogate. They wanted me to tell. Like you know, yeah. like once again, I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna tell. Like I'm not telling on a cop murder. You think I'm gonna tell you that I snorted a few bags in jail? Stop it. Stop it. You know what I mean? So that's what it was. Like you know, and I didn't tell. And all those days, November 12th to the 18th, I was doing dope every day. They would have guys come search my cell. Just they're putting pressure. They want to know where the fuck did you get it? Because I'm a high profile inmate. Oh, yeah, um, that's dudes, true. Yeah. They're like, dude, yeah. where's this guy getting these drugs? <laughs> yeah. This guy almost died. The, the, the CEO's three main functions are care, custody, and control. Mm -hmm. you, you, there was, you didn't have any of those. You, you weren't caring for me. I wasn't really in your custody and you didn't, you weren't controlling me. I was going <laughs> to die. Yeah. So it's like, where did this guy? So that's why we got to find out where this guy's getting this shit, because that's a lot of trouble. Like, you know, that won't go unnoticed. Yeah. If I die in that place, it's going to be on the news. It's going to be oh, a big yeah. thing. Now, oh, yeah. A lot of people got to answer questions. Yeah. So then, you know, they bring like good cop, bad cop. They got me downstairs. They're asking me questions. The bottom line, November 18th, I was in the box. I didn't tell. So now I went to do 80 days in the hole. Oh, shit. Not telling. But whatever. No big deal. I spent Christmas there. But I remember November 18th, my cousin Pat and my friend Corey Rabin, who's an attorney. My cousin's a judge now. But I used to work for Corey. I used to file in his office. Mm -hmm. Okay? His father was a judge. My father used to build homes. Corey was my dad's real estate lawyer. So he took me on before the acting. To file in his office. Okay. He used to pay, he used to pay me like nine fifty an hour in nineteen ninety two. That's what he was paying me. Wow. Bro, that's serious money. You know what I mean? Back oh, yeah. then, a lot of money. Yeah. I remember they found me for the Bronx Tale on the beach, so I couldn't go to work. So I told my cousin Pat, fill in for me because he knew Corey too. His family knew Corey. Fill in for me. And then, you know, whatever, I ended up getting the part. He ended up staying, and now he's a judge. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so now he's a judge. I told him I want to I want to cut. So, <laughs> so him and Corey came to see me on an attorney visit. And, you know, like when you're in the box, you're handcuffed to something always, and you have a brown jumper on. Oh, shit. 
So they walked in and I was like, hey, what's up, guys? And they were like very disappointed in me. They weren't happy to see me. They were like, dude, what are you doing? You're overdosing. You got somebody dead. Mm. Someone died because of your addiction. You got all this shit. All these people love you. We want to see you get out of this place trying to support you, but you're not doing anything to help yourself. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? Maybe we'll just stop coming to see you. I don't come here for this shit. I think you're getting mm. better and you're getting worse. What's, mm-hmm. what's, you know, like, you know, and, then, and for some reason that day, something just clicked. Wow. It just clicked. And I don't know. It was like, I consider it a modern day miracle because the way I felt when I left that build, that visit, it was like that whole obsession and the thoughts of using everything just lifted mm-hmm. and it was gone. It was like, boom, I needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, sometimes it could be the thing that something said to you, but if it's not the right time, even mm-hmm. though it's the right words, yeah. if it's not the right time, it's not, it's going to work right yeah. over your head and be done. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the right time. Yeah. And it was like, well, because you were sitting in a hole, you're handcuffed. You yeah, were like, how much jail. worse can it get? Yeah, you're already yeah. being charged with murder. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. for what you did was so bad, you didn't even kill the guy, and you're still being charged still with being murder. Charged. That's yeah. how bad it is. Yeah. And now you're fucking doing this shit in here. <clears throat> this is rock bottom. That wasn't mm. rock bottom. This was rock that bottom. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was like, wow, you know what? These guys are right. I'm like, wow, I can't do this. And it just boom, it just went away. And that was it. When I got back after I did all that time in the box, I went away November 24th. I didn't come back till February 7th or 8th. So I did like 80 days. I did a long time wow. sitting in that room. A lot of thinking, you know, a lot of push-ups, stuff like that. Build yourself, you know, you know, and I just got physically strong, mentally strong, mm-hmm. psychologically strong. And then when I came back to population where I was, I started focusing on the right things. I started to, of course, working out every day, all the money I was spending. I was buying tuna fish, all the protein, and I was going to the little library. Mm-hmm. And I learned exactly wow. what charges entail. I can put it this way. I could, if you needed somebody, if you somebody got in trouble for the same exact thing that I got in trouble for, and they needed legal representation, I guarantee you I'd be able to defend them. In court. Wow. wow. I guarantee you. Wow. I even do my own closing arguments all the time. And how I think I could have beat the case. You know, I really oh do. God. I really wow. do. Because this wow. was a Bronx jury. You got to just know how to talk to them. There were two witnesses mm-hmm. that heard a male voice screaming, Kenny, Kenny. This is after I got shot. Yeah, yeah. This is not a statement. This is not, there's no, you're not thinking. It's just, mm-hmm. it's called a spontaneous utterance. Yeah. Okay. This comes from the, from the, from the subconscious. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm screaming. I'm about to die. Mm. This would have been in my closing arguments. I said, ladies and gentlemen, before I go, I just want to turn your attention to one piece of evidence. Do you remember the two Spanish people? We heard them scream. They heard a scream, Kenny, Kenny, which we later on established was my client, Lilo Brancato. Now, let me tell you why that piece of evidence is so important. We established that at that point, Lilo Brancato had been shot multiple times. He's walking down the sidewalk, gushing blood. He's very desperate and he needs help. And he screams for one person and one person only. He screams for Kenny, who we later on established was the occupant, 3119 Arnold Place, the, the residence in which Lilo Brancato is, is, is charged with burglarizing. Okay, now let me tell you why that's not possible. Because when you burglarize and you feel like you had license or privilege, 
to be in the residence, it's not a burglary. And let me tell you why when Lilo screamed, Kenny, Kenny, proves that he didn't think, he, he thought he had license or privilege. Mm. He didn't scream, mommy. Mm. He didn't scream, Armento, the guy he was with. He didn't scream police. He screamed, Kenny. Because at that point in time, my client, Lilo Brancato, thought that this was the most legitimate shot he had at someone saving his life. Mm. Now, if that doesn't say that these two men were friends and that my client, Lilo Brancato, felt that he had license and privilege to be in the residence, mm. I don't know what else does. Thank you so much and Merry Christmas to you all. Now, a Bronx jury is going to say, yeah, why did he scream for mm -hmm. Kenny? Why didn't he scream for anybody? That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an acquittal. That's yeah. reasonable doubt. The case yeah. is over. Right? Yeah. Anybody, when you get these lawyers, they want to use all these big words in mm -hmm. front of the jurors. They don't want to hear that shit. No. They reject it. Talk get to them. Right to the the bottom line is, why did he scream that guy and not that guy? Mm -hmm. If you're burglarizing my house, mm -hmm. obviously you I'm don't not like scream me. your name. Yeah, right. you're mens rea. Your 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 intent yeah. is yeah. not to. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not calling the guy to help you. You're not calling the same guy mm -hmm. to help you that you're robbing his house. Mm -hmm. It's just not no, consistent. No, it just doesn't work. It yeah. never happened. Yeah. Well, you know, well thank God you're, you're alive. Thank God you're <clears throat> here. Thank God you're spreading the message. You went through hell um uh, you know in, in many ways to be where you're at today um and, and i always say we have to go through exactly everything we went through to be at this very moment we have yeah, to go absolutely. through everything yeah, um my my closing statement <laughs> mr brancato is that thank you so much for everything you do um you know i don't particularly agree with your past but that's okay um i agree with your what you're doing today you know um and there's things in the past that i didn't you know and and i'm sure people don't agree with my past that's not what i'm here for i'm here for how are we going to make the world better how are we just going to make that light shine a little bit better today maybe have somebody stay sober or at least hear what you heard in that jail cell that day you know when you're when you're you're shackled when you're at your handcuff that's what it's about today so the world could be a little bit better a better place and lilo thank you so much from my heart i really thank you for your recovery thank, thank you, you for your story an yep. attorney, let me know okay no. <laughs> thank you have a good night everyone yeah, lilo thank you guys and everybody beth um bambi I, this was an amazing i know you guys were looking forward to this um and we just let it flow and here is our show guys and lilo um you know it, it's amazing hopefully you'll become you'll come back on our show give us a little bit more insight of what you what things you're going to be doing later on maybe some of your new new stuff that's going on you can promote it on here and we'll we'll go from there yeah, because I do have some other stuff. So let's circle back in a few months and we we'll will we tell will. you all about it. Okay. Yeah. Because this obviously was more important, the recovery stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is obviously way more important. But the next time we can talk more about the recovery stuff, but we can get into a little bit more. We'll get into the, of, yeah, of, you exactly. know, the, the fruits of the, of the, of the recovery. Exactly. And there might be a part in it for Bambi too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, everybody. All right, guys. Stay sober, everybody. This concludes this episode of Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates and enjoy free access to twice daily support meetings. Friends in Recovery, the Addiction Recovery Podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs>